Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Good evening. Good evening. Wow, words you haven't heard from me. Yeah, this is Andrea Spintov, and you are listening to Pull Up a Chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I'm so grateful that you're listening in tonight. Um, usually it's morning. I say, Boker Tov, Eretz Yisrael. We're so happy to be together. And I talk about the weather report. But I can tell you right now, it is dark, and it is late at night. And this is a Thursday night. Ha! Huh! I hope your houses, your homes are all smelling like Shabbos cooking, and we're going to get the romper room moment out of the way right now. And when I say good evening to those listening in the United States, so excited. It feels a little weird to be listening at this time of day live. Erev Tov, Eretz Yisrael. So happy that you're with us. I know your houses are starting to smell delicious, and thank God it's Thursday, right? Canada is with us. You are such good people, Canada. You really are. Sweden is with us. Denmark is with us tonight. Of course, my home away from home, South Africa. And what a treat. Tonight we have joining us Qatar. And of course, this show will be available on podcast, as told to me by our stalwart, stalwart engineer. And um, so that's it. You'll share it with your friends. So, A very big surprise tonight, a big surprise, and especially a surprise to those listening in from South Africa. I am on tonight with my good buddy and your, by request, favorite, Simon. Simon is with us, Simon Ainsey, and he's here with us from South Africa. If he gets knocked off, it's because they're going to be going into, what's it called, Simon? It's called load shedding, Andrea. We've got a new word, specific South African word, and it's creative and fantastic. And we won't be knocked off because that only happens at 10 o'clock. It only happens at 10 o'clock. This is a one-hour show tonight at 10 o'clock. So, Simon, we're very – first of all, thank you for coming on. Everybody, you saw how excited – Simon and Andrea, Andrea and Simon. And we're not going to fight, right? We're not going to fight tonight. Hello? We're not going to fight. I'm wondering if you're going to let me go where I want to go, but we'll see. It's going to be an interesting half hour. Well, I told you, first of all, first of all, I want everybody to know Simon and I are friends already for, I don't know how many years. It's a very odd friendship because he's very young. He's very handsome. And he's very well informed, unlike me. And yet he still claims to like me. I like hanging around with Simon because he's very, I feel very petite next to him. He's very, very, but you're not, you're not, you're not fat, Simon, but you're very tall. You know, I'm I'm still recovering from the very young comment. I am very glad this is podcasted because I'm going to keep it and treasure it. Young Andrea in your mid fifties. I don't think so, but I'll take it. I have to tell you, Simon, last time I looked, I was one year younger than God. So So you mean everything's relative. That's really what you're telling me. Everything is relative. Everything. I remember (laughs) the first time when I had my first grandchild, uh, 18 years ago, 19 years ago, I walked out with him in the Agala, the stroller, and I was in the park and somebody came over to me and they said, is it yours? And I looked and I said, very coyly, I said, oh, want to hear the laugh again? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm a grandmother, just to hear them say, oh, no, you look too oh, young. You look so young, yeah. That was the first time 
I ever heard that line. And it was the last time. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a glamorous granny. Definitely. Nobody ever. So I ran. I knew that we were going to be on tonight. It's an Arab Shabbos. Are you you cooking Shabbos? You're going to make something nice for Shabbos? You you know better than to ask that question. Next, carry on. (laughs) Okay. All right. I was trying. Everybody, I'm trying to from him out. Okay. Um, Yeah. So, um, so, oh, and then recently, Simon, Simon and I met up this summer. He came to Israel and he brought with him some of his nieces. He brought some beautiful family <laughs> members. And of course, since then, he's been drowning me in family pics. And I need to tell you something, everybody listening in. And you could take it out on Simon because I only talk the MS. I only talk the truth. Okay. If it's not true, I won't say it. Apparently, there's a rule in Simon's family. You have to be good looking. Everybody. It's the most gorgeous family, the most gorgeous women, the most gorgeous nieces he has. And I don't know what they do with the ugly ones, where they knock them. You know, I think they send them to live with my family. But they were just, everybody in your family is just beautiful. What is it? You know, I joked with you. I said to you, we were bringing the nieces to Israel to get them married off to nice Jewish boys. Um, and my goodness me, if we'd stayed there another week, it probably would have happened. It was unbelievable. They've got no shame, those Israeli boys. They just approach anyone, anywhere, anyhow. That's not to devalue them in any way, my nieces, because like you said, very beautiful girls. But right. unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, that's the answer. The marriage <laughs> markets on Tel Aviv beachfront, no question about it. First of all, Israel, I must tell you, and I'm very curious. By the way, anybody who wants who wants to take issue with anything we say, Good luck. But anyway, if you, uh, but if you're curious about anything we talk about or you have a comment or an idea or something, can you tell they're Jewish? Anyway, drop me a note, Andrea at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. If you have anything to say about Simon, which will only be nice, I'm sure, I will give him the message. And um, yeah, being shy, watching, being being cautious, holding back their feelings not a very Israeli. Uh... Not not an Israeli thing. Hey, no, definitely not. But all credit to them. Uh, oh. So different culturally from the milieu in which we come from, um, and these girls just can't wait to go back. So you know. Well, you know what happened after we spoke. We met, and then you were you were on your way back already. And I was telling you the places that I would have taken those girls. So you're going to bring them back. Give them to Doda Andrea, okay? Aunt Andrea is going to take care of them. I mean, you, you're so refined. You're looking, oh, yeah, you'll take them here, there. You know, I'll take them to places. You'll show them the town. Okay, all right. Um, know, I, that's good to hear because I kind of had a squiz at what you planned on touching on a little bit tonight. And I thought, uh, wow, you Andrea, noticed that all there's the an ageist thing happening here. There's something happening. Next show Something's we do, we're going to sit and talk about our chronic meds together, you and me. But uh, you're in touch. You know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So I wanted, first of all, I wanted to talk to you something about Israeli culture. And because I've spent time in South Africa and I found that in South Africa, there's just such a warmth. Everybody is so, I mean, we know about the crime, but they smile while they're robbing you. You know, it's just, <laughs> they're so nice. They're not nasty. It's true. It's true. I had an experience. I wanted to share this with you, Simon. Uh-huh. You know that there was a time you tried to get in touch with me and I was like off the radar. And I was off the radar because I was dealing with Israeli bureaucracy. Have you heard about Israeli bureaucracy? I've experienced Israeli democracy. Thank you very much. Mm, Democracy or bureaucracy? Both. Okay. So Israeli democracy, not so much. But 
I went to the tax. Anybody from Israel, I'm looking at my list. U.S., I want you to make Aliyah. Canadians, we desperately need you. Okay, even Qatar, come on over. So what I wanted to tell you was that, but I had to go to the tax department. Terrible. It was just horrible. I had to go three times until I got in. Of course, every time I came, I didn't have the right materials. And at one point, I was standing in the lobby of this magnificent building in um, Givat Shaul on Kanfei Nesharim is the name of the street, a government office. And I was sobbing. Okay. I was leaning up against a marble pillar sobbing. Now, there's not an Israeli in the world who doesn't tell you how to raise your children, what car you should be driving, why they don't like your skirt length, everything. Sure. I stood in this lobby sobbing against a pillar from my experience of what was going on. And then I burst out laughing. Why? Nobody came over to me as I was sobbing. And I realized there was nothing unusual about sobbing in the middle of a government office. In Israel, anybody observing me would have called it Tuesday. Okay? It, there was nothing. Wow. It was okay. Sob. You just sob in the government office, and they know next week will be their turn to sob. And and there was no Rahman, there's no mercy. That wouldn't happen in South Africa, would it? No, it wouldn't. But on the other hand, there's such an incredible dichotomy, Andrea, because if you are on a bus and you see a pregnant woman with a agala trying to get on, 15 people will jump up in order yeah. to try and help. So it's a dichotomy within Israeli society that I've never really understood. There's those bossy boss people who have a little stamp of authority on their shoulders yeah. who will squeeze the, the kishkas out of you. And then they're the normal people who just care in the most incredible way, the likes of which I've never experienced anywhere else. And it's one of the reasons that I think makes Israel such an incredibly unique, wonderful place. It really is a family. You know, it's very funny because, I mean, I go through, sometimes we say these terrible things. We can't even say, oh, Israel's wonderful, except for the Israelis. But I, I don't want to say that because, you know what? You could be having a fight with your bus driver. You could be having a fight with somebody on the bus. You could be pushing this and that. And if the conversation goes on long enough, they invite you for Shabbos dinner. Exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think we've all experienced it. And it's just, it's absolutely, actually unique. You're absolutely right. In South Africa, we're far nicer to each other. I think probably in America as well. Have a good day, you know, and the surface. It's absolutely right. Hi, wonderful. This is Kirsten. Can I help you? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But just scratch one iota underneath the surface and it's completely different. Israel, you know, I Israel, like that. I like where this is going. You know, we only have like two minutes left in this segment. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so much well, for the plan, Andrew. So much for the plan. The plan. Oh, but quick, before we go to our first break, tell me, did I take you out to great restaurants? Did you go out? Did you have good food with me? Well, number one, it's so crazy what I remember. You know what I remember most of all is Rochova Umbrella, that incredible street you took me to where I met you in Jerusalem, which was mm -hmm. just the most creative, wonderful street full of umbrellas. Yoel Salomon, yeah. I had no idea. I just referred to it Rehova Umbrella. It was absolutely magnificent and it stuck with me for how many months now already. But the restaurant that you talked to me took me to, the deliciousness of the food, the surroundings, Nachlaot. I think we were in Nachlaot with those beautiful. No, we were in Nachlaot Shiva. And we're not mentioning the restaurant because they didn't offer me a free meal. But once they buy advertising space. But it was very, very, very good. And besides which being with you in Israel was, I mean, what could be more special than that? Simon. So when we come back, we'll get to some meat and potato stuff. Okay, we're not going to talk too much about the Knesset. <laughs> Although you know I'm dying to, but I okay. Out of respect, okay. because so of the United States. Everybody's listening. Shut up. 
everybody's listening. We expect notes. And um, when we come back, we're going to not talk about the Knesset. We're not going to talk about Israeli politics. And my name is Andrea Simintel. And Andrea and Simon will see you on the other side. Shabbos show Thursday night, a little kooky. I'm not drinking wine, I promise you. I'm drinking only coffee. This is Andrea Simintov, and you are listening to Pull Up a Chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. It doesn't get better than this. It just doesn't. Uh, anybody coming in from overseas, I'm sure the engineer will let me know that you're with us and very excited. So I hope we didn't lose. <laughs> the electricity didn't go out. Simon, no. are you still with us? <laughs> Andrea, I think you 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 you're pulling superiority on me here. It's very peaceful when the electricity goes out. It's sort of a mini Shabbat. There's no complaints from me. Well, thank goodness something is getting you to be Shabbat observant. Call a kavod to South African electric. Oh, Brazil is listening in with us now, Simon. Isn't that exciting? That's, yeah, what just really amazes me, and you know I've been on radio for quite a while, Uh, that's when you and I met in South Africa, but really what blows me away, Andrea, is the fact that there is uh, a listenership in Qatar. I mean, that just is phenomenal to me. I understand the Israelis went there for the soccer. I've also seen the reactions that they were uh, exposed to on YouTube, which were nothing short of awful, Mm -hmm. Um, but... But nevertheless, I mean, this is a country that has no relations with Israel whatsoever. I'm just amazed and moved by the fact that uh, there's a listenership in Qatar. I I promise you, Simon, you know, I know that you are a regular listener to pull up a chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Sure was. Yeah, I know, so do we all. (laughs) I'm not a morning person, Andrea. This is much better. (laughs) Stick to this. I have to tell you, I was was falling asleep tonight at 7 o'clock, and I said, now I'm (laughs) okay, I don't do it. But you know what? We have listeners. We have regular listeners from um, from from Saudi Arabia to my show. I mean, certainly to Israel News Talk Radio, and we have um, every week. I well, not maybe not tonight. I think they're busy in Iraq, but we have listeners from Iraq. Who knows? It could be U.S. soldiers, but it could be Iraqis. And I, it's a kooky thing because Simon, you were on the radio for a long time, and please God, yeah. you're going to be back in a big way. But um. I don't know. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you. Do you feel as close to these friends who you've never met as I do? It's a remarkable thing. I don't know whether because it's radio as opposed to any other medium, but it's Mm -hmm. almost as if you're speaking directly to that particular person. It's an intimate, intimate medium, Andrea. That's my experience of it. And it really does translate into very real relationships with the listener. It goes past the show. It goes on to Facebook messages, Instagram, you name it. And these are very real relationships with people who they think they know you because yeah. they've heard your persona on air. Um, I've certainly heard an element of you or one side of you, 
But it's remarkable the extent to which absolutely I agree 100% with what you're saying. And personally, it's completely enriched my life. It exposed me to a whole bunch of people with completely different ideas to to to, to mine. Um, Some of them we spoke about. Some of well, we... I mean, uh, yeah. exactly. I yeah. mean, you and me on paper, we should be uh, uh, poles apart. And yet <laughs> radio brought us absolutely completely together. It's It's a remarkable, powerful medium. But, you know, I love what you just said. I mean, there's so much, there are so many elements in both of our lives that are very, could be quite discordant. But you know what? <laughs> discordant, yep. But you see, it was a nice word, discordant. Um, but, you know, but that's the thing. That's the, first of all, it's, I mean, you know that I am deeply, deeply, deeply God-centered. I don't say so much as... Uh, Observant or not observant is a word I loathe. I hate the you know word um, observant because there are many people who celebrate a higher power, their higher power, however they do. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm extremely God-centered, and I couldn't do this show unless it was with a sense of real hakorat hatov, deep, deep. I, the fact that there are people who are listening live, and I know many who write to me during the week and they're listening to the podcast, and that's not to be sneezed at. It's fabulous. But when I think that there are people that are up, that are making their Shabbos meals or having a glass of wine or braiding their child's hair or whatever it is and listening, taking a piece of their day, you know what? It is an obligation. It's a holy obligation. And... Um, I've mentioned this on my morning show that I sometimes take a moment because you could get cocky. It would be very easy to lend itself to, to a feeling of arrogance um, and never the feeling that somebody is taking a minute of their day. I'm so grateful. And I'm curious, what kind of, who are you in Brazil? Who are you in Qatar? What is your Canadian home like? I know it must be cold. You're spending a lot on heat. But, you know, um, <laughs> and my friend Kathy, I know, is listening in. She just sent me a note. She's listening in from the Upper East Side in Manhattan. And all of us are together. And you know what? There's not one person listening in, even if they are di diametrically opposed to me politically, religiously, racially, my sense of humorly. Whatever it is, a hundred percent, Andrew. We all share. They don't want any less for themselves, their life that I want for myself and my life, and that's what really ahava is—love. It's wanting for somebody else the same thing you want for yourself, and so that we have in common, Simon. And oh, this is like getting icky. I, I can't bear it. This is getting a little bit. <laughs> and yet, that's why you have a following, and that's why people love you because that is your gift, Andrew. As you bring people together, and you know, I'm looking at what's been happening in Israel over the past couple of weeks. I know you don't want to there go. There it goes. There it political. goes. But <laughs> let's just let's let's call it what it is. It's it's hugely polarized at the moment, and maybe not enough people are doing what you are doing, which is trying to find the middle ground and getting people to talk to each other. It seems to me that the extremes, whether they be on the left or the right, have both won out, and I think we all the bigger losers for that. I, I really, really do. Agreed. Agreed. And Agreed. just one more thing, if you're going to indulge oh, me for a no, moment, because why Simon. not? On, I don't know. I, I sometimes walk down the street, and for whatever reason, I find myself talking to you. I think I do that with people who are very close to me and people who I value. So I invent conversations that don't exist with a person that I respect. Am and I, I had nice a chat with you. you. 
in your imagination. No, you're wise. You're wise. You're just plain wise. Um, and you tell me if this is what you would have said. But clearly, mm. what's happened in Israel politically has affected me quite profoundly over the past while. I don't even look at Israeli news anymore. I haven't for the past two months, which is something I never do. I'm religious about it every day just because I don't want to see any more bad news. I, I can't take it anymore. You're and I was having a chat with you in my head saying, and so, Andrea, how does one cope with this? And, and, and I heard your answer. Your answer was, Simon, be the change you want to see. If you're upset about this, mm -hmm. if this has upset you in any significant way, come here and make a difference. And don't tell me that isn't what you would have said. Simon, it's exactly what I would have said. You know, yeah, it's very it's too easy know. for those of us to sit here and say, oh, this is terrible. Or these conflicts, this, these values conflict with my values and oh, can't, can't, can't uh, defend Israeli policies anymore. That, that's absolute rubbish, Andrew. That's, that's well, what I've you told me in the imaginary conversation. Well, I've also some real conversation, Simon, and I'll say it again. Well, first of all, my husband, si my husband Simon, you know, your husband Ronnie, that's, that's your big funny. nightmare. Um, no, my, <laughs> my husband yeah. Ronnie, who's who's smarter than he's like the smartest guy I know. I, I just wish yeah. that he were a, a, a little bit neater with rice cakes. But <laughs> yeah, so he's very, and you know, he always said that you know he doesn't. It's a question that we ask, and I'm sure anybody listening in, um, anybody listening in live or on podcast, the question is, do we get the leaders we deserve wow. or do we deserve the leaders we get? Wow. And, it's a very, and it's a very profound question. And yeah. I know somebody once accused me. They said, well, sure, you tell everyone to make Aliyah, but you want everyone to be like you. Everybody like you should make Aliyah. And no. That you've and never said that. That was so not. Yeah. Israel can handle it. God can handle it. Yeah. And I want every Jew to exercise the law of return and come home. And you know what? Take your arguments here. Let's discuss it. Let's hash it out. I'm not worried about there not being enough water and enough housing and enough food and enough space on the beach. We'll have it. It'll be fine. And you know what? We will all be better for it. We know the spices in the base of Mikdash, the Holy Temple, they had all different kinds of spices and they were discordant. There was one spice, I can't even say it in Hebrew, albumun, which was so fierce, so horrible that it could make, they said it could make a pregnant woman miscarry, yeah. this spice. And yet, if you left one spice out of the spice mixture, it was not suitable for sacrifices. And actually, you were, you were, we need it all. We need even those. We need, we need Sephardim, Ashkenazim, black, white, straight, gay, deciding, whatever, educated, uneducated. We need more plumbers. And, um, <laughs> and that, know, Andrea, is exactly why you make so much sense to me, because it's a clarion call to come together instead of pushing people apart. And who on earth could have issue with that? Uh, there's just and no you know what, Simon? I will actually venture and say something. There's a lot of things that have, we're not, we don't have to figure it out. We don't have to know the end game. We don't even have to be right. We are not permitted to, what is the word? Desist from participation. Desist from participating, from being in the game. I don't have to live and even imagine it. Let everybody come home and, um, and let's talk out our differences here. Oh my gosh, look at the time, Simon. 
I do yeah. have to chat with you. Do you have a chat room? You know, by the way, I'm just telling you because it's going to go off the air. I can see time, but my camera is not working and he cannot see me. And the reason is because the gods of Skype knew. <laughs> <laughs> they knew yeah. that I had on Facebook. You were schlumpy at nine o'clock at night. Oh gosh, I thought it was rude. So <laughs> you know what? Usually I was going to say goodbye to you and go right into the Devar session, but I must speak with you on the other side. We have to have our warm. I'll, I'll warm hang about. I'll hang about. <laughs> okay, my name's Andrea Simonov. I'm with Simon, and guess what? We'll see you on the other side. Okay, we are back. I am I am really displaying some technical prowess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not just prowess, genius, Andrew, genius. Okay, I hope the listeners are hearing. Startup nation. <laughs> Startup nation. Obviously, I'm going to be exiled from Egypt. It'll be a double gaula when they say Andrew is not technical. I tried to get it because I wanted to bounce up and Simon and I should see each other. He looks good. I didn't want him to see me with a towel on my head. But finally I said, hey, I'm not proud. And I disconnected everything, the entire show. So Simon, before the uh-huh. break. <laughs> yeah, I'm really still wondering what the truth is. I'm really wondering if you couldn't find the button for the video, if you were really wondering about your hair. I'm wondering, but uh, you know we'll what? never know. I, will I would have put up a picture of Ernest Borgnine and said, Andrea <laughs> at work. <laughs> yeah. So, Andrew, so, I don't know if I took you where you were uncomfortable to go in that last segment. I'm very aware oh. of the fact that we're on Israel News Talk Radio. I'm kind of aware it's not exactly how it's. Um, and ah. uh, neither am I, for that matter. I'm hugely centered. But I just I hope that uh, that was acceptable, that uh, we could have that discussion about discomfort as to where things were going. Simon. Because uh, I think as a, as a diasporian Jew, it, a lot of people are feeling uneasy is probably the best word Something I could broke, use right now to clean up. Um, I was with uh, up current color developments. So, so thank you for, for having that discussion. Yeah, you know, first of all, I, I'm deeply grateful for this platform. This is not a secret. Um, and I find that, you know, it's very funny. The diaspora Jews who are so upset, so aggravated with this government. I don't know what's happening to my voice. I'm making up for the voice <laughs> I had. I had a voice two yeah. weeks ago. It sounded like Tallulah Bankhead on steroids. I was so sick. I was like, bleh, bleh, and I had to assure the audience that I wasn't in pain. So I'm getting a little chirpy now. So when I get chirpy, I can see you, Simon, raise your hand and, you know, mouth the word chirpy lower it a notch um you know they don't start attacking Jews. israel doesn't have to apologize doesn't have to apologize for security for putting for those times where she puts her populace first her and and it seems that Certainly in recent years, you know, I used to make a joke about Ehud Olmert. I said he may have been, he might have been a fine, a fine prime minister. I didn't find him to be a fine prime minister at all. But he woke up every day, looked out his window and he said, damn it, it's still Israelis. I was hoping I was the prime minister of Sweden. You know, he just had no connection to who we were. And Israel, you know, 
Israelis, we're not so stupid. We're not so dippy that we need to be told who to vote for, how to behave by the West. And what happens is when you hear people threatening the American Jewish Congress and they're going to withhold their funds, it becomes very, very sad. It becomes very, very sad because um, it's a form of bullying. And I don't mean to say, you know, everything about Israel is, you know, Israel, it's not um, Israel, love it or leave it. Um, take us at all. I mean, we do have to be accountable. But first and foremost, Simon, we have to be accountable to one another. And we're not doing a great job of it here. And if we have to bend over backwards to be accountable to the West, you know, we're the ones that are holding it. And I've said this, and this is an uncomfortable part of the conversation, because I know where you'd like to take this conversation. Um, you've got four or seven topics that you could absolutely take this, and, and it would be fair. But, you know, one of the things is, is we're keeping it here. Our sons and our daughters are going into uniforms. And it's very easy when uh, one of the things that was, you know, it's very... What's going on, you're not, you may be in South Africa, but believe me, you are very aware of what is happening on Israeli campus, on American campuses. American campuses, for sure. For Absolutely. Sure. And I'm wondering to what extent this is just going to make it that much more difficult for American Jews in particular, not that that's a factor for an Israeli, who is a completely different set of issues that they have to deal with. But I think given what we've witnessed in America over the past two years, who would have thought the golden Medina for Jews was going to uh, have uh, Jews shot for being Jewish in Pittsburgh and places like that, or bashed up in a restaurant in Los Angeles mm -hmm. eating sushi. Who would have thought this would have happened in our lifetime? It's unimaginable to me. And yet there seems to be a divergence from a value perspective with Jews in America as opposed to Jews in Israel. And, so I would uh, say, yeah, I, I just want to jump in here because actually what we're really talking about is it goes back to even the first or the first or the second segment. I remember when we spoke about, you know, what would I say? I would say that when you stop feeling comfortable in your home or what you perceive to be your own home and you say to somebody, I have to move. Sometimes it's not the county over. Israel is home. And if you don't like the relatives, come Bring yeah. your values, yeah. bring yeah. your sensitivities, bring your culture, bring your erudition. But you know what? Nobody, there's not a Jewish child in Israel who is going to, if we are allowed, I mean, who's not going to know the Jewish holidays. I remember, I remember somebody asking me in college, my first year in college, what do Jews believe about? And I didn't have an answer. I didn't make up an answer, as many do. I didn't say, as many do, you know, I don't come from a religious family. We don't be believe in that hocus pocus. Somehow, my pintalyid, it struck me very deeply that I was, I was ab absolutely identified. I was identified as Jewish, and I couldn't answer. And it was, that was the day where I made it my business to at least know what Jews believe, what Jews do, what is Jewish about and what is not Jewish about. You know, I sent you something before. There was a, um, 
actually it is a, 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 an, a, an organization, one of 35 organizations against anti-Semitism. And I don't remember the name of the woman who um, made this quote, but I, I yeah. need to share this. And you know what, you know what quote I'm going to share, Simon. And I say this to everybody, and whether you're listening from Europe, or you're listening from America, or you're listening from South Africa, quote, and write to me and I'll get you the name of the person, Andrea at Israel, Andrea at Israel, newstalkradio.com. Here's the quote. If you've ever wondered if you would have been the kind of person to speak out against anti-Jewish hatred in the 30s and 40s, you don't need to wonder today. Vicious anti-Semitism is out in the open. Here's your moment to say something. When are you speaking up against it? This is what it was. And baby, this is what it is. Is Israel flawed? Oh my gosh, we are so flawed. We're also only 70 years old and change. And you know what? Pretty darn good. And we can't, and we don't hide our flaws. And, um, oh, hi, good evening. Algeria is listening in with us. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you didn't get the beginning Incredible. of the show. Listen on podcast, and Thailand is with us. Very nice. Simon, it's what we're talking about. And it's because people all over the world, they know. They know that flawed Israel, crazy Israel, difficult Israel is the heartbeat of the world. And anybody who thinks otherwise, that's okay. You're in denial. But you will recognize that at a certain point, whether it be in this life or the world to come. I'm taking up too much time, Simon. Yeah. So much more I'd love to quiz you on and chat to you about. And uh, you're going to have to have me again because uh, you straddle two incredible worlds. I mean, you come from the most powerful Jewish community, possibly in the history of the world, being mm -hmm. uh, ex-American. Uh, and you're an Israeli, and it would be fascinating to know what your discussions with Americans have been like in terms of the proposed changes mm -hmm. to the law of return, um, those sorts of things, things are, which are of emotional importance to a very large, very significant, very powerful Jewish community. But, um, but like you, Simon, in order to, to do that, like you, I would have to actually read a newspaper. So... <laughs> Fair enough, Andrew. <laughs> you know what, yeah, Simon, so you know what, before I say goodbye to you and Shabbat Shalom, uh -huh. and yes, you know, yes. the day will come, I do believe the day will come when we will be able to smell, we'll be able to capture the delicious aromas. Hopefully it'll be discerning and we'll only get the delicious aromas from people's homes, not the filthy housekeeping from other people's homes. And you will be able to smell the chillant going, the chicken soup. I have, um, you can't smell the sushi. That's our shop this morning. But um, yeah, so actually the audit, so on Facebook, a lot of people will tell us whether or not, I think that we, uh, I think we have a lot to talk about. And we said that we were, we're not going to argue tonight. It's a flagship. <laughs> <laughs> flagship. Okay. <laughs> but once you listen, you'll get on and um, you'll hear because this week I'm going to actually go into, we're going to talk about um, the Torah portion for the week, which again, I'm telling you, you say, we say, do you get the leaders you deserve? And you, I want to know, does the Torah know 
what's unfolding in the world. And that's why the Torah portion seems to just line up perfectly with Israeli politics or do Israeli politics, I think I know the answer, line up with the Torah portion. Simon, I want to wish you a Shabbat Shalom umivorach from Jerusalem. And um, I know you're going to have such a good Shabbos. And we'll be in touch. I think we're going to do this again very soon. What do you think? I'm going to hold you to that. Shabbat Shalom to you in Jerusalem. I wish I could turn myself into dots and zeros and somehow through the virtual world just be with you next time, next time, next time. So remember, remember, we'll end on this with this portion with you, but we will remember that when you live in Jerusalem, when you live in Israel, you really have, it's a nice, a miracle to imagine that it's so easy today to pick yourself up instead of the Israel of one's dreams to live in Israel and have indeed a front row seat standing at the cusp of Jewish history. It's It's a good place to leave it tonight. Thank you, Andrea. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Bye-bye. Okay. That was, wow. Oh, okay. I'm not going to cry. This is my show. We don't cry on this show. We laugh. We laugh. You would, Ronnie's crying because he's trying to recover from the dinner I made him. Okay. He said he'll make the dinner, but I didn't, there's not enough cleaning staff in Israel to pick up after he cleans the dinner. Okay. So this week's Parsha, um, this week's Torah portion, we always do this on again, Thursday morning to get ready for Shabbos. And yet we're doing it tonight, um, that much closer to Shabbos Kodesh, the Holy Sabbath. So this week's Parsha is called Parsha Vayachi, and it deals with, most of us listening in know this Torah section. I probably should give a homework assignment and say, everybody read through by Wednesday afternoon. You have to know your Torah. Okay, so this Parsha, this portion of the Torah, it details... Jacob's, who we're going to refer to as Yaakov, the Hebrew name, it details Yaakov's preparation for death, his subsequent death, and his burial. Now, although the text routinely speaks about his preparation before death, his ability to prepare for that eventuality is, at this time in history, unique, because he becomes ill, and in that fact, that fact was relayed to his son, Yosef, Joseph. And it was a surprise that Yosef gets the message that his father is sick because people at that time did not experience illness. They died without warning. They just lay down and they died. Yaakov appealed to Hashem, the Holy One, blessed be he. He he appealed to him and said, please give me a short period prior to death so that those around me may recognize the inevitable and have time to, and I can have time to settle my worldly affairs. You know, and as his strength is ebbing and illness takes over, he prepared for death, not only in the physical sense, by giving instructions indeed for his burial, but in the spiritual sense as well, by imparting his vision of the future through the act of blessing his children, as well as two of his grandchildren. The two grandchildren which he blessed were Ephraim and Menashe, the children of Yosef. Um, so the text says, what does it say? 
Now, this is very interesting. And those of you who know who Torah, you know that there's something wrong. You ever see those, uh, those, those, those puzzles in the magazines, what's wrong with this picture? Well, here is the ultimate, what's wrong with this picture? Yaakov places his right hand on Ephraim's head, even though he was the younger one. And the right is generally associated with strength. And his left hand on Menashe's head. Yaakov maneuvered his hands. He actually crossed his hands one over the other because Menashe was the firstborn. By blessing Ephraim, the younger of the two brothers, with his right hand, Yaakov gives the younger son priority over his older brother. Now, Rabbi Samson Raphael Hirsch stresses that there is no ethical um, or spiritual superiority deriving from one's birth order. Now, this is where we get to the difference between Judaism and other faiths. The only advantage a firstborn has is based on a material, a phys, um, how do you say, it? material inheritance. Yaakov, through Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration, he chooses to grant a priority in the blessing on the basis of whose offspring will be greater instead of on the basis of who is the firstborn. His action by maneuvering his hands for the blessing is a direct rejection of the pagan custom of favoring the firstborn merely because of birth order. order. He instead shows that Judaism places a greater importance on the concept of what a person is and what he will become. Among the many commentators to this passage, the Kli Yakar observes, I say it slowly so you could write it down and look it up. The Kli Yakar observes that Hashem chooses the weak and the downtrodden as opposed to this cult of strength associated with the status of the firstborn. Okay, so there are a lot of times in our Jewish story where the immediate future, well, let's talk a little bit about the future. I must admit, it's something, um, well, you know, we don't hold by horoscope. There's something to it. There was a time, but we don't let the stars dictate who we are. And I remember um, as somebody who lived for a good portion of her life, uh, a third of her portion at, at this time in the secular world, I used to read my horoscope. It was interesting. And of course, if the horoscope wasn't good, I ignored it. it. I knew that we didn't hold by it. But if it was a good horoscope, well, of course, I held by it. But um, we, don't, we, don't, we don't observe the horoscope. So, but of course, everybody wants to know the future. I mean, knowing the future makes life an exercise of, of really faded existence. If you know what's going to happen, sometimes, well, why try? If we know what God is going to do for us, tell me, God, just give me a hint. Give me a clue. It might rob us of our creativity. It may thwart our choices. It would stifle any impulse towards creativity. And yet Yaakov tells his children of an ultimate future. But the germane, immediate future is hidden from him and his descendants. You know, there's a lot of times in the Jewish story where the immediate future lurking just around the corner of time is hidden from otherwise very smart, um, a very smart, very savvy generation. What are the motives of heaven? I don't know. You don't know. 
But it's this fact of life that the future always being unknown, it governs our attitudes and our actions towards the present. We can only deal with the known, you know. However, the present can instruct us somewhat about the future. Yaakov, he blesses his children individually according to their personality traits and indeed according to their accomplishments. And yet this assessment of them becomes a blueprint for their future as well. Just as the Torah is a blueprint for our lives, so are his brachot. It is though he can somewhat analyze the DNA of each of his sons and see this genetic potential that will be realized in the future. Yehuda, we all know about Yehuda. He's already the king of his brothers. And Yaakov is confident that this trait of leadership will continue throughout the generations of Israel. Heaven doesn't interfere with the basic instinct and wisdom um, and the analysis of the present by all human beings. This is why it is clearly represented in the blessings of Yaakov to his sons. The Torah emphasizes the point when it says to us, at the conclusion of this book of Devarim, the hidden things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things, the things that we ourselves can know through our own powers of wisdom and observation of the present, they remain within our powers in order to fulfill all of the values and the obligations of this holy blueprint, the Torah. What we're going to do our from our Torah to our table part, I want to share with you what I'm going to be talking about on my Shabbos table. Rabbi Svi Elimelech of Dinov, he would say, he would say, you know, why didn't Chazal, our sages, institute the reciting of a bracha, a blessing, before giving tzedakah? Just as they instituted the blessings before so many mitzvah. You're going to make a mitzvah? You're going to, you say a bracha. You're going to eat something kosher and delicious? You make a bracha. You see a rainbow? You say a bracha. You, all these things we say a bracha, and yet when it comes to tzedakah, to giving charity, a terrible translation, you give. The answer is that the giving of tzedakah is so critical, so poignant, so timely, and that if we would take the time to recite a blessing in advance, the poor could die of hunger. A poor man might come along and ask for tzedakah, ask for a sandwich, ask for some money. And the person who had been asked would first go and wash his hands before the blessing and possibly then go to the mikvah to elevate his the, the ritual bath, to elevate his mitzvah. He then would pronounce um, some beautiful words before the blessing and finally the blessing itself. By that time, a poor man could die. My friends, not all loftiness is in heaven. So much loftiness is in our purview, is in our hands. We don't just stay lofty. We stay real. We open up our eyes, and the holiness is in our everyday behavior. My name is Andrea Simintov, and I wish you all Shabbat Shalom Umivorach from Jerusalem. 
If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at israelnewstalkradio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dax from Malaya Dumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 